Welcome to Sash Says, a podcast providing insightful conversations, connecting pageants, people, and purpose, where we believe in wearing your invisible crown, walking in grace, and leaving a little sparkle wherever you go. And now, here's your host, business owner, beauty queen, speaker, pageant coach, and all-around Southern Belle, Leah Hatter. Hi, Queens. Leah here. Today's episode is an interview featuring Mrs. Melissa Poza. She is a businesswoman, title holder, published author, and more. Though she has had much success in the pageant world, she has also had her fair share of struggles along the way and has spoken to groups across the nation about the power of perseverance and not giving up. What does she say and how does she inspire others? Let's tune in to find out. Hi, Melissa. Thank you so much for joining me today. Hi, Leah. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you doing on this fine day? I am good. You know, I'm in Dallas, so it is raining and cold. <laughs> oh, gosh. Dallas good. is a really fun city because you never know, like, what the weather's going to be like. No. Uh, Friday night, we had tornadoes, and 12 hours later, it was snowing. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, mm-hmm. uh, Melissa, what exactly are you doing in Dallas? Is it related to your uh, Mom Queen boutique? No, I reside in Dallas. Okay, okay. You reside in Dallas. Well, Texas is a wonderful state. There are a lot of good people there. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. I love it here. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, Melissa, I know that you do so much um, related to your involvement in pageantry, and you're also a businesswoman and a writer, and so it seems like you have a very busy schedule. I do. <laughs> I don't know. Some days I'm... I feel like superwoman. The other days, I'm like, I don't think I got enough done. So it's, just, it's crazy. It's always go with the punches. <laughs> well, uh, Melissa, I do want to tell you that I have followed you on social media uh, for quite a while since your reign as Mrs. International. And I just love um, your media platforms and how you're so authentic and you're so relatable. Um, and, of course, I really enjoy your videos related to your boutique as well. Um, and related to your involvement in pageantry, you are a former Mrs. International, and I know that you have several other titles. Um, Melissa, how did you get your start in competing? Uh, I started competing when I was 17. A lot of people ask, like, did you start when you were little? I'm like, no, not really. I started when I realized I needed a way to get to college. (laughs) And so back then I lived in Detroit, and my new book, Basic B, kind of explains my journey in pageantry and why I got started. I almost used it, and I almost felt like it was a way out for me. You know, I was a poor little white girl living in the inner city, uh, which was very rare. And I didn't have the means uh, to afford school, and I didn't have the the opportunities um, like a lot of girls got. And um, my grandmother, who helped take care of me, uh, signed me up for my first pageant right before she passed away. So it just became symbolic to me that first year. I've always been in sports, and I've always been competitive. And so, of course, once you sign up for your first, you get so close. <laughs> Oh, yes, I understand. 
And then in that time, I had lost my grandmother that meant the world to me. So if I felt like I owed her something, you know. I felt like I had unfinished business to do. Um, and then it just kind of snowballed from that. Uh, I ended up did winning uh, a Michigan State title. Uh, and for years, I, was, I started in the Miss Michigan USA system. Okay. And every year that, I mean, back then when I began, it was 300-some girls and um, it was, you know, police escorted. Alan Thick was our host. It was on TV. It was an insane production. And every year, and it was held by, uh, at the time I started, it was a, um, the, event, the event, it was held by a production company. And so they hit, the prize package was out of this world. You got a modeling contract. And every person that placed in that top five got a scholarship. And so little old me with a $100 resale shop dress um, oh, was wow. going up against girls, yeah, going up against girls with coaches and $1,000 dresses and custom wardrobe. And I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but I think my authenticity, and I never shared my story. I kept it all private, my entire pageant journey. And so I never really was, and that's what my book is about. I was always afraid and embarrassed of who I was. And now, come to find out 25 later, those were my strongest attributes all along. I just didn't realize it. And so um, at that time, I think that my genuine, uncoached self really stood out amongst the other girls that were so rehearsed, so coached, so put together. Um, so that's the only thing I can think of that carried me around my way. Um, and my height, my height was always a standing fact. So I always played off, you know, I felt that that was my strength and I always felt I always played off my strengths on stage. Um, because I never shared my journey and my story. I kept it private in the interview room. I kept it private towards anybody because I was embarrassed of it. Uh, so yeah, so I started every year and every year I got more scholarships. And so I needed that money, and I needed that way to get to school. And so uh, that's what started from 17 to 22. And then I ended up finally winning a state uh, title in Michigan at the age of 21. Well, and, and I, I love the fact that rest. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> it's okay. And then I put it to rest. I mean, I was in college, and um, from then I got picked up in a modeling career. So, and you know, that paid the bills from there. So I kind of put it to rest until, uh, I never did Texas. You know, I was, I lived in Michigan at the time and, um, I moved to Texas when I got married and my, I was having a very hard time getting pregnant and my mom had reached out to me. She goes, you know, there's a Mrs. Pageant. And I was like, I had no, I had no idea. <laughs> and so, um, <laughs> She goes, she thought it was the perfect distraction, uh, you know, that I needed to, to get pregnant. It worked like a charm every time. <laughs> but, um, and so I got into the Texas pageant world, and wow, that was another ball game, you know, in itself. So, um, yeah, that was my journey. I took a rest, you know, because I didn't know about the Mrs. Pageant world. And once I started, you know, I signed up, did well, got so close, got the itch, got pregnant. Uh, and then went back and, and took a title in 2009. Uh, and so after then, it just kind of snowballed. Another pageant director reached out and said, hey, you want to compete in ours? And I was like, okay, I'm not one to pass up opportunities. So 
um, or a challenge or to step out of my comfort zone. So uh, I've just jumped on the next opportunity. And lo and behold, 23 years later. <laughs> well, and um, I love the fact that you're so open and honest about, you know, taking a risk and jumping in because I think a lot of people nowadays, like they're so scared of failure or they're so scared of, you know, not being the best um, on that first attempt. But Melissa, I mean, what if you had said no to that first pageant competition? I mean, I, it was you saying yes to that, you know, first one that led to um, another one, to another one, to another one. And you've been able um, to build a lot of uh, speaking appearances, you know, in a business on top of it. So I think it's fantastic. Yeah. It's uh, stems into a, to a brand. And I, I just, I'm very thankful, you know, but I, I wrote my book pretty much to tell my old self because, gosh, you know, we think, and I know it's impossible, you can't be too hard on ourselves, but if I were to have that confidence and strength that I had back then, oh, gosh, what a game changer. (laughs) Oh, yes. Yeah, and it surprises me too, um, Melissa. I know that you are a parent yourself. You've also worked with um, other parents within the pageant industry. Um, surprisingly, I've heard a lot of parents say, I don't want my daughters participating in pageants because it doesn't lead to anything. It's kind of like a dead end um, or, you know, pageants are a money pit. Um, would you mind kind of um, going further in depth um, just discussing, you know, the opportunities that it's opened up for you. You've mentioned scholarship. You've mentioned modeling. I mean, what are some other, um, you know, windows or doors of opportunity that's open for you um, because you participated in pageants? Oh, gosh, there's so much. I think the networking ability, especially nowadays, you know, um, I, was, I actually judged a pageant last night, and I was telling the other girl, the other girl judge was a lot younger, and she did the – and Miss USA system down here in Texas, and it's very competitive here in Texas. And so uh, we were talking about, you know, the difference, and I said, oh, gosh, girl, I'm so happy when I was in this. There was no such thing as social media. <laughs> <laughs> but, but now that um, now these girls have the capability to network, to grow friends, and yes. um, there's, there's so much. I mean, the growth in itself and the self-discovery is priceless. Uh, and so just personal development, not only the opportunities when it comes to careers. I know I've had several girls, like one of them that I've met is one of my attorneys, and she was uh, one of my Mrs. America contestants with me. Oh, wow. And so it's just the networking, you know, reach, outreach that you get and the friendships that you make, and um, it's just it's great. I mean, I don't think that there's any other sport. And, and people do say it's a money pit. And gosh, you know, those dresses aren't cheap. But I have two boys. They're not in pageants, mm-hmm. obviously. But I don't know one sport that's not a money pit. <laughs> yes, amen. Yeah. Or activity or hobby. <laughs> yeah. There is not one out there. Scrapbooking can turn into a money pit. I mean, there's not one out there. But the personal development that you, you can obtain and you know, in the long run in pageantry, uh, really is priceless. So could you tell us a little bit about um, Mom Queen Boutique, what it is, and then how it got started? Um, I've always been that girl. I don't know. I I joke around to my husband all the time. I was like, well, the one thing I do know how to do is shop. (laughs) And he goes, and I'm like, I'm not kidding. I really do. I've always been one. I've never been a follower. I've always been 
a leader. Even my self-conscious self back when, you know, I didn't have any kind of self-esteem and was embarrassed who I was, I've always never really followed a curve when it comes to um, being myself. You know, I've hid some of the past, but I've never followed, you know, the fashion curves, the do what everybody's doing. I've just really never, I've been in, on my own channel. I've really never cared. Um, I'm not one to sit there and scroll through social media and compare myself, and I think that's yes. really challenging these days, especially with these young girls. And in the pageant curve, um, you know, I've always done things to kind of not stand out intentionally, but my tastes have always been one to stand out. It could be my giant height. I don't know but that encourages me to do it. But um, I've always been that girl like, hey, where'd you get that dress? Hey, where'd you get this? Hey, where'd you get that? And so um, I got tired of answering where I was getting everything. <laughs> so I was like, you know what, yeah. I'm going to do it myself. But the reason I started it um, is because my husband, I stopped, you know, as Mrs. International that year, I traveled a lot. Um, and... I was really consumed, and I've always been one to compete like I've never won before. I give it everything that I've got because I don't want to be the person that says what if, what could have, would have, should have, and I don't point direction. I think of like I get hard on myself if I don't present my best self, so I end up competing at my ultimate game, and I always have. And, um, but I mean, I live life that way. That's just a personal trait of mine. But um, when I was competing and my reigns, uh, especially my last reign, I was like, I'm really going to make a difference. I'm going to go out with a bang because um, I'm done after this. And I was exhausted. It was a really <laughs> fulfilling year. Um, but when I got home, I had a lot of spare time. I realized how much time and effort I put into competing and I put into my reigns. And so when I got home, I went back to work, back to basic life, and I work with family, and it's really hard to work with family. And so now that I had all this time, I went and got certified, like, three other, you know, things in property management. I'm like, okay, now what? Now what, now what can I do? Yes. <laughs> and I started thinking of all – I had time on my hands, which was a horrible uh, thing for somebody like me. I had a lot of time. And when I have time on my hands, I'm the kind of person that starts thinking of all the negative things in life instead of the positive. So I started dwelling and found myself saying, oh, I should go to the gym more and being so hard on my image and things like that. I started being hard about the things that we can improve at work and who's not pulling their weight at work. And I started getting really mad. I became an ugly person for about a few months. And I started because I had the time to sit there and think of, all those negative things. I didn't have the time before to think of because I was so busy. My reins and my competing kept me so busy. My husband made the point, made the comment, hey, you should compete again because you're your best self when you do and you don't have the time to sit there and think of all these negative things. I'm like, you know what? You're really right, but I'm not competing again. <laughs> yes. And so that's when I created Mom Queen. I was like, you know what? I've always wanted. I was driving home from work. I was mad again. Um, and so I was like, you know what, this is not me. And so I pulled off the side of the road. I've wanted to start a boutique since I was, gosh, 20-some years old. And I've seen all my friends do it. And I've seen their growth and successes and failures. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And so, um, and I was already in the process of writing my book at that time. I just couldn't 
share it, ver- like vocalize it. And yes. so I started the blog to discover my voice um, because I'm one to write a text message and misspell the entire text message because I'm always in a hurry. And so I was like, you know what, I need to discover my voice. And then I started the boutique because it would draw, it, um, it, it draws in traffic the days I don't blog. And so it kind of like all fit in together. I don't know how. I just driving home from work and I was tired of being miserable. So I went and filed the DBA. <laughs> but that's how I got started because I realized um, every girl out there needs to have, whether it be pageants, whether it be yoga class, whether it be scrapbooking, whether it be golf, we all are shopping or whatever. We all have to have a side piece happy that we put into ourselves. And Mom Queen is exactly my fulfilling of that. Well, and I love Mom Queen Boutique. And like I said, I love to watch your videos and see, like, what new styles are coming in. Because I feel like, I mean, even with something as simple as clothes, putting on a cute outfit, I mean, someone can really feel empowered um, or they can feel even more positive. And so I think what you're doing is wonderful um, because you're not only spreading your story, but you're telling other people, you know, you can feel good and look good and um, seem even more confident uh, by either putting on these clothes or expressing yourself. Right. And um, two things on that, like I, I always tell girls in my book, I, I put it on is like, you know, Rachel Hollis is so huge. and I'm a huge Rachel Hollis fan. And so yes. I've always said, you know, the book, Girl, Wash Your Face. And I, in my book, and I say it on my blog all the time, like, girl, don't wash your face. Put your darn face on. We'll be right back with Sash Says right after these messages. Ring on. This is Maggie Mae Whittemore, your Miss World North Carolina for 2019, and you are listening to the Sash Says Podcast. Because so oftentimes we can get in a slump, you know. I'll go in my office. Thank goodness I don't have to see a lot of people, but <laughs> I'll go in my office, and I'll be in yoga pants for three days straight, and I'll feel like I'm in yoga pants for three days straight because I haven't taken the time to put my face on. I haven't taken the time to feel good about myself. And so if we just take that simple time putting on an outfit, putting your makeup on, grabbing some lip gloss, I don't, you know, a lot of girls like, well, I don't wear makeup. I'm like, then put chapstick on, do something. (laughs) Because it can easily reset your mindset. A lot of girls will buy these gowns. And in pageant-wise, you can, you can same channel that same energy in pageants because these girls invest thousands of dollars in wardrobes and coaching and so much time and effort into the gym and eating right and looking great and giving to your platform. And they'll do one pageant a year. I'm like, girl, why would you waste all that money and time? Go sign up for every dang one after because you're already ready. You already invested. <laughs> Yes. So yes, and don't just compete in your first one and lose, and then never compete again. I've seen those as well. Right. You invested <laughs> too much time, money, energy, and effort not to wear that dress more than once. And that's the same thing. That's what I love about Mom Queen. The most fulfilling thing is now I get 
gazillion a message, at least a dozen a day, of girls sending me selfies in their outfit. Look, I got so many compliments on this today. That feeds me. <laughs> that makes me feel good. So I'm like, oh, win-win. <laughs> yes. So you do feel like, you know, you're making a difference and you're empowering. And, of course, especially, you know, using your gifts um, to change people's lives. So, Melissa, uh, related to sharing your story and changing people's lives, et cetera, um, with your writing, I have read your book, and I thought it was fantastic. I've also read um, some of your blog entries as well. And one point that I wanted to ask you, even before I scheduled the interview, was um, you have made a comment about how um, – using grammar and punctuation, you've had um, some struggles with that. And so I think it's so neat how you were able to push through that specific struggle and say, you know what, I'm just going to put it out there. And if you want to be, you know, the grammar police, whatever, but you just, you stuck through it and you said, I have a goal and I'm going to reach it. And who cares if I'm not, you know, the (laughs) the best writer or the best grammar teacher, et cetera, I'm going to do this. I have a dream. I have a goal. I have a passion. And I'm just going to put my stuff out there. Yeah, my first, my first, uh, so there's this, uh, and I actually blogged and did a video about it because my publicist was like, no, you're going to address this now. I'm like, no, I've never been one to address negativity. I just think feeding, I think when people repost things and people put more attention to negative aspects, all you're doing is, is feeding it, you know, so I've never yes. been one to share negativity. And so I was like, no, I'm not going to address it. Uh, that's not me. And she's like, oh, you're going to address it because that's exactly what your book is about. <laughs> I was like, okay. <laughs> and so, and, and she's right because it was uh, this, for people who preview interviews, uh, preview the book, like back in the day they used to have a copy that was like on the hardcover book. It would say not for individual sale. And it's a sample book for media, for publicists to read before they interview you and things like that. Well, there's now a mm-hmm. visual form of that, and they posted my book on it. And it was the first feedback, and this girl didn't give me the time of day. She just looked at the cover and was like, and she was the grammar police, and she flat out says that she's a teacher. <laughs> and I'm like, if you are reading my book uh, to, uh, what is it, Michelle Obama has grammar errors, two grammar errors still in her book. And oh she's reprinted it 100 times. Yeah. And so everybody does, but if you're reading my, you're reading it for the wrong reason. If you're reading to find grammar and punctuation and errors, well, then, girl, you are picking up for the wrong reason. Don't pick it up. Yes. <laughs> but if you're reading it to, you know, relate and get a little bit of inspiration, and then that's what it's for. I'm a huge follower of uh, feeding your soul, and I read, like, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I um, control what I see on social media. Um, and I control what I'm exposed to uh, by feeding my soul. And the one way I do that is I follow people intentionally, and I listen to things intentionally. And so uh, I listen to Grant Cardone, and I listen to a lot of, um, you know, inspirational people. And one of the things he says is he says the same thing. If you're picking up my book to to sit there and criticize it and criticize its punctuation, well, then you're picking it up for the wrong reasons and you're living life for the wrong reasons. So, and it's very true. And I had to tell myself that because then when that first feedback came in, I was like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be tank. <laughs> but, hey, <laughs> you know, it could tank. It could do well. You never know. But if you don't try, you're going to have those what have, should have, would have, you know. Oh, yes. Um, and there's a particular quote that I keep um, telling myself um, to stay motivated. You know, 
when I'm, you know, facing a challenge or somebody's being critical of me or uh, making fun of me or talking poorly about me or whatever, and it says um, something like doubters are dreamers with broken hearts. And so I think that maybe some of your critics out there who may have criticized your book, you know, you kind of want to ask them, like, well, where is your book? You know, what, what have exactly. you achieved? Um, they may be exactly. taking it out on you saying, well, I wasn't able to publish my book or my blog or open up my boutique, so I'm going to criticize Melissa's. Right. You know what that is? They have too, many t- too much time on their hands. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, too, time, can, time can be your worst enemy if you have too much of it. And if you're not spending it wisely, I'm a firm believer in that. Um, and I've caught myself doing that. You know, I think the whole women, you know, there's girls that say, I'm a win- I inspire other women, but really – do you, do you look, and that's why I hate pageant judging. Like last night I was like, oh, my gosh, if you're horrible, I'm not inspiring anybody. I'm judging. I'm literally giving them a score. Yes, <laughs> like, it's hard work. Is. Judging is so hard. <laughs> it is. And, then I, and one of the other girl that, we were, that I was talking to judging, she was like, well, it's, you know, feedback, and it's, it's how they take it, and, you know, they have to be mature enough to take it. And I'm going, but still, how can you not feel horrible? <laughs> Well, but and I always hated putting my name on the sheet, too, because it was like, you know, I'd rather just be like judge number one, two, or three, because, you know, if you put your name on there, it's like, well, Leah said this, and Leah said that, and so I, I was always worried about giving critiques, too, because I was like, is she going to hunt me down, you know? <laughs> right, right, and, you know, to know that we're all not, we're all not perfect, so what makes me, um, you know, a lot of girls have asked me to coach, and it's just something that I just haven't. I, I, I wouldn't mind, like, you know, group talking and things like that and public yes. speaking to yes. motivate a group of people. But for individual coaching, I just it's, I can't bring myself to it because I've seen it so many times that these, you know, girls will um, not win, and that's the first person they blame. And it's just, to me, I just think it's so wrong, where they blame the color of their dress or the judge or, you know, they don't sit there and self-reflect. It's just human nature. Nobody... Nobody can blame themselves for reacting that way, but I was like, I just don't, I don't want to be responsible for somebody else's, you know, but I can't think like that. One of my girlfriends told me, she's like, well, you really need to uh, do coaching. And I was like, "Uh uh-uh. And she was like, why? I go, because what makes me so special? (laughs) That's exactly, but I've always had that mindset. You know, I'm like, what makes me so fun? Why do I deserve to tell people? But, Melissa, you have so many credentials. I I think you would be a fantastic coach. But I still can't grasp my head around it. I really can't. (laughs) And so I'm just like, I don't know what it is. And so they're like, well, why do you follow Rachel Hollis? And why do you follow this guy and this guy and this guy and look for them for, you know, knowledge? I'm like, well, because they they, uh, have experience in a certain category that I think that I need more knowledge in. And they're like, exactly. So people are following you for that. I'm like, for what? I still don't get it. <laughs> so, but we'll see. That's a whole growth thing, I think, that I have to work on myself. We all have. <laughs> well, it seems things. like, well, I mean, you're just out there just, you know, doing the thing and crushing goals. And it seems like you have a very busy schedule. Could you tell us a little bit about your personal life? Um, I know that you just adore your husband and you have two boys. And so, you know, what? What's an average day like in the Plaza household? It's a hot mess. <laughs> <laughs> no. Girl, whose isn't a hot mess? Oh, uh, no. Um, I just, 
I couldn't do it without my husband. You know, he's been very, very, very supportive through my sparkle journey. Um, I don't know if he knew what he was signing up for when he said I do, but (laughs) he has sure been a trooper. But I don't know if I've always, when I compete, I love watching the way he looks at me, you know, Um, and I love, that's one thing I love about the international pageant system too is watching the husband um, when they escort their wife. Oh, it just, it's so touching. It makes me cry like every time. And so I'm not crowning you too. He did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, and I think that's really special. Um, but he's always been really supportive uh, because it's just he's, he's very motivated as well. I mean, we both run large businesses, um, and we have that in common. And so he, I couldn't do it without him. And when he – I've dragged him to judge a time or two, and he tells me every time, after every time, he's like, don't sign me up for that again. <laughs> Come on, Dolly. <laughs> I know, right? But he, uh, but in in his heart, though, he has a great time. He does. He's like, oh, you know, it opens up his eyes about how powerful and inspirational a lot of girls can be. And so, um, when he, when we judge together, he's always made that comment. But in the time that he's he, he the first thing he asked girls, especially in a Mrs. division, so girls, if if you have my husband, you're going to get this asked question if you're listening. <laughs> Um, he always asks, tell me about your husband. It's the first thing he asks a lot of girls. And he's judged with several state pageants. And if it's a Mrs. category, he always wants to know that because you cannot do this without a support staff. And and it's so true because it will just, you know, put a, a nudge in between your marriage if you don't have that amazing support staff. Because there's so many times that he, you know, had to pick up the weight when I was traveling, you know, and, and there's so much that they, the guys that they have to do. And I've done several blogs when I was Mrs. International about to thank your husband because of the slack that they have to pick up when you're competing. Um, yes. And the, the amount of energy it takes away from your children, away from your family. And, you know, that can't go unnoticed and unthankful. And so I've always been really, really thankful that, of the amount of support he gives me because I couldn't do it without him. Um, I think it's fantastic he, that you work as a team. Yeah, we do. We do. And, and uh, we, before uh, I went solo for a while uh, without, you know, a sitter, and then I was finally like, you know what, I need some help because it, the kids got in sports and I was traveling so much. So um, I ended up getting a nanny for, one, for a year. And she always told me uh, when she, she ended up, you know, growing and having a family of her own, and she would tell me, uh, when I was looking for another one, she told me, the new girl, she's like, hey, you don't have to ever worry about being bored here because it's always you roll with the punches, and that's exactly what our lives are because my husband travels. We have international businesses, and we work up from sunup to sundown, so the kids, it's always, they're always involved, and it's it's a mess. Literally, it's a hot mess. <laughs> it's just juggling. <laughs> well, um, I, I do yeah. like how y'all are so open about your home life as well. You know, like your mission, you, you're not here to be fake. You don't have time to be fake. And so, like, even pictures on social media showing, like, your new outfits, like, you usually have one kid in the background or, like, one kid hanging on your leg. Um, or, like, even in your right. Facebook Live video, I think it was the Christmas one, and you were showing everybody your new outfits, and Zoli was, like, standing in the back, and you were like, will you get away from the camera? Like, <laughs> Y'all are just as real and authentic as can be. 
so I never realized that before I had the backdrop that there was a mirror back there, right? Yeah. And so the boys, so Zoe's really good. He knows Thursday nights, you know, he's got to have dad duty, and he takes them either to their sports or he takes them to entertain so I can do my life. Well, but they, like, especially Van the Ham loves attention. And so I didn't realize that they were upstairs playing, and they were playing air hockey. And they came down, and I guess Zoli lost the game of air hockey against Van. And so oh, Van, no. he always walks around without a shirt on. I, I, can't, I cannot keep clothes on that kid. And so <laughs> he goes, Zoli goes, well, pick up your shirt, put your shirt back on, you know, to go down, downstairs, grab your shirt, Van. He goes, no, you wear it. You lost. You have to wear it. And I guess that was their little bet. So I didn't realize Zoli came down. You could see him in the mirror in one of the lives. He has Van's shirt on. <laughs> I was like, and one of, my, one of our uh, classmates' mom saw Van in that shirt earlier, and she's like, did I see that? And she sent me a message later that, like, in the middle of the night, and she, when she was watching the lives, and she was like, was Zoli wearing Van's shirt in the background? <laughs> But, hey, I mean, you got to keep it real. you got to keep it authentic. And, I mean, you're not ashamed. You're like, this is me. This is my household. You know, I'm a wife and I'm a mother. And um, I think it makes you relatable, too, even though it's crazy sometimes. I mean, people relate to that. Yeah, yeah. But I never – I was never always that way, you know, especially during my pageant journey. I've always tried to be, you know, this perfect image and try to be somebody I just wasn't. I think it just finally – I got to a point where I was like, you know what, it is what it is. And I stopped, I don't know, I think every woman gets to that point where they just get a little bit more comfortable um, and they've, you know, fallen on their face several gazillion times um, that you just realize, hey, it's, this is me and this is it. And, you know, you just kind of own, own your basic. And that's what a lot of my book is about is owning your basic and getting to that point and realizing life's too short to be focused on perfection. Oh, yes. Um, and you should always be, you know, your true authentic self no matter what. I mean, you're, you're just own it and rock it. And just like what you said, be, be basic and, you know, feel good about yourself and uh, be confident. Well, Melissa, I know that you juggle so much um, between your involvement in pageantry and all of your businesses and running your household, et cetera. Do you have any type of maybe Bible verse or like inspirational quote that you live by each day? Each day is different for me, but I do like to wake up every morning and read a quote. And like, so I sign up for like a Bible delivery verses, which every day you get sent things. And I've got um, a really good group of girlfriends that randomly I'll get a quote from one of my girlfriends. And it's so like on a random day. And um, she'll say, and she'll send me, you know, and it's so funny because that particular quote I can translate to any day. So I sign up probably about three uh, categories, like three inspirational blogs that I read. Um, And so I'll get emailed a quote every morning and I'll kind of like base my day around it. But is there one particular? Um, It would just be like the Bible verse, uh, Proverbs 3, 5, uh, trust in the Lord with all your heart and and do not lean on your own understanding. Um, I've always been uh, into that verse and realized that I don't know my path, but he does, and to trust the path that he has for me. And 
you know, I've always leaned that, and my husband and I uh, both have been, you know, we say through a lot, just like everybody, you know, but um, we've had to really rely on that verse in the past, gosh, 10 years. Uh, well, we've been married for 14, but the last 10, uh, we've been through things like our business blowing up, not knowing what, how we're going to feed our family, let alone several hundred other families the next day. Uh, we've been through loss just like everybody else. And you really, I think there's times that you have to self-reflect and sit down and, and know that there's a reason um, that you're going through these things. So uh, I've always been on that one, Proverbs. So I'd have to say that. Yes, it's fantastic. And you always have to trust that God has a plan, even when things are blowing up or falling apart or not going your way. You always have to trust him and that he knows what's best. Um, Well, Melissa, if anyone has any questions for you or contacts, um, wants to read your book, wants to purchase something from your blog, has some real estate questions, how can we contact you? Um, I'm on social media at at RealMomQueen as well as MomQueen. My website is MomQueen.com, and you can get the book at BasicBeadBook.com. Hi there. Thank you so much for stopping by today and listening to another episode of Sash Says Podcast. Feel free to reach out to me at lhatter underscore pageants at yahoo.com. You can also follow me on social media at instagram.com slash sash says podcast. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sash Says. Tune in for more engaging conversations soon. Until then, rain on.